doesn't like going out and having a glass of wine and celebrating liberty. Well, if you're in Alameda County, don't worry. I have an amazing event for you coming up on Sunday, October 3rd at 1 p.m., the 15th annual Wine and Liberty Celebration at Westover Vineyards Winery, sponsored by the Libertarian Party of Alameda County. Questions, email Elizabeth Stump, LPAC, Vice Chair at Vice Chair at LPAC. We can become great at doing the the things that we do well, the things that we focus on. Like I'm, I think our audience is great at selling liberty. I think we have been amazing at doing that. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement you start to ask questions that piques interest and get him to feel like okay this guy's actually got something that maybe can help me out and then in your asking of questions and trying to uncover the real problems build that natural trust i know i went in the monologue there man (laughs) instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics showing you how to ask better questions tell better stories and ultimately change people's minds and now your host brian nichols Well, happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Long time, no talk. It feels like it's been forever since uh, we got to sit down and have a conversation. And yeah, by the way, I am Brian Nichols, your humble host. And uh, today, uh, we are going to have a great conversation digging into uh, why why we're seeing this increase in uh, violent crime across America, specifically in your your larger cities. I know I'm seeing it here in Philadelphia. And uh, today with Larry Newman, who is joining the program, uh, we're going to dig into not only cities like Philadelphia, but other large cities like Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Indianapolis, Orlando, Pittsburgh, and Tampa, who, according to the FBI, is skyrocketing past where it was this time back last year. So uh, Larry joins the program not only to discuss why, uh, in his opinion, we're seeing this uh, happen right now, but what uh, he would recommend as solutions that could be taken, uh, some as simple as just uh, judges actually enforcing the laws that are on the books instead of writing their own laws. So so thank you, Larry, for joining us and offering your take. And with that being said, onto the show, Larry Newman here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you. It's glad I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Larry, thank you so much for joining us here on today's episode. And uh, unfortunately, you're here to talk about some some pretty down stuff. And that is everybody's been paying attention to the news. Uh, Yeah. Crime has been increasing across America, specifically violent crime. Larry, it's it's sad because we're seeing a lot of people say it doesn't really have to be this way. What's causing this and what can we do about it? But before we get there, let's introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. Larry, what got you so interested in trying to uh, focus on, number one, crime prevention, but number two, specifically, that of violent crime? Well, I've been in law enforcement um, for over 20 years. Um, The last uh, 10, I worked in the criminal justice system uh, as a bail bond agent. And uh, during that time, I was a volunteer on a committee uh, that consulted with uh, offenders through the Missouri Probation and Parole Program. And we counseled them and helped them uh, to not reoffend. 
So I've been watching this. Uh, it's been going on for a while. Uh, it's just gotten really bad in the last year. But uh, there's one word that probably as much as anything can uh, identify with this, and that is accountability. Um, currently, lack of accountability is driving this rising crime. A lack of accountability. So let's dig into that because a lot of people, I think, are going to look at, well, Larry, we have our, our law enforcement officers. Um, don't they have the ability to to defend us when, when we need help? Why, where is the lack there? Well, there's not a lack in law enforcement. The law enforcement is there in an emergency to help defend you and protect the citizens. And that's what law enforcement officers do. And they're really good at that. And that's that's their calling. Uh, they're not motivated by money because they can get a job and work somewhere else for a lot more money. But they're, they are there to protect their uh, citizens and their communities, their families, their friends, uh, everybody that lives in their community. Law enforcement investigates the crime, um, and then they provide the uh, evidence to the prosecutor, who in turn presents it to the judge. And law enforcement's doing everything they can to do their job correctly. Right now, you I know before we uh, we started here, I was looking over some of the, uh, the the stats that I got sent over from your team. Blew me away. Uh, if you look, according to the FBI data, homicides have increased nationally by 25% from 2019 to 2020. In the first quarter of 2021, the murder rate was up compared to the same time frame last year in cities including, but not limited to, yes, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Indianapolis, Orlando, Pittsburgh, and Tampa, according to data collected by the Major Cities Chiefs Association, a group of the nation's top law enforcement leaders. I'm in Philadelphia, Larry. I, I see it every day on the news. Tragic stories of, you know, I think the most recent was uh, a grandfather, 66 years old, driving his truck, just, just driving, not even being in the middle of a situation, getting struck by a stray bullet. And and he's he's gone. And, and these are the stories we're hearing across, not just cities like Philadelphia or the, the cities I mentioned here, but I think you're starting to see across America, looking at places like Portland or what we saw happen in, in uh, Minneapolis over the, the past year, a lot a lot of people, I think this has also been stemming from the defund the police mentality, Larry. Do you see a connection between the two? Uh, there's a little bit of connection. When you no longer have a penalty or any accountability for committing a crime, then there's no incentive to uh, not commit crimes. And that sounds maybe a little simple, but when you take away the accountability, the responsibility from those people who commit crimes, they find out there's no penalty for committing a crime. So they just go about and do what they want to. Um, When there's no penalty, bad behavior will continue and get worse. Philadelphia, you're in Philadelphia. The documented figures for Philadelphia is at the time that the jails let a large number of people out of jail in Philadelphia last year, crime immediately spiked and went almost straight up. There is a correlation. Um, When those people find out there is no penalty and no accountability, then 
they're not going to follow the rules. Larry, what have you seen in terms of a connection between COVID-19 and the increase in crime? And I ask that question because I, I have seen this happen here in Philadelphia as well, is it seems ever since March of 2020, there has been this impending cloud of doom just hovering over Philadelphia. And it doesn't seem to be one of hope, but rather one of nothing really exciting to look forward to. As a matter of fact, a lot of people are very negative, very jaded, and we've seen people start to just give up. We're seeing the workforce go down in mass, and I think we've seen a direct impact on COVID-19 as it pertains to violent crimes increasing. What are the numbers telling you, and, and where are we seeing more of this happening? Well, your city government, your county government, um, your local governments, when they are faced with the possibility of numerous lawsuits because someone may get COVID while they're in custody, um, they're going to be frantic and, and try to protect their community. And what they've been told is let people out of jail, get, get the jails empty and won't have COVID problems. Well, no, you don't have COVID problems in the jails, but now you've got crime on the streets. So the COVID issue definitely is tied to in that fashion. It's it's so frustrating because you see a lot of the problems and, and maybe this is where we can take this conversation because this show, we, we focus a lot on solutions and this is where it gets frustrating because you see a lot of the, the situations we find ourselves in and a lot of the stuff could easily be taken care of if we were just to kind of take a step back and start to examine what we've actually put into the systems as the, the we, we thought were the right answers, the right solutions, but then all of a sudden we realize how hard it is to unwind these massive government programs, these massive government entities, and to actually be able to to do things effectively. And that, in this case, you know, you look at these big cities. I mean, either you have people who who are able to go out and just commit violent crime willy-nilly. I mean, uh, you also have uh, petty crimes just being completely uh, ignored at this point, it seems like. Uh, and it's not it's not calming down. And so let's turn it towards this way, Larry. What can people do? Because this is where I think a lot of people, they feel help, they feel that helplessness is they look around and they just don't know what actionable steps they can take. So, Larry, what would you say are some, some immediate things people can do right now to make things better? Pick up the phone and call your local legislator and tell them you're tired of, of what's going on. Um to understand what's happening and understand how to stop it, let's take a quick look at how it works. Law enforcement goes out and takes the report of a crime. They investigate. They locate the person who probably did the crime. It's called probable cause. They forward that documentation to the prosecutor. The prosecutor then decides if they are going to prosecute this case and if they decide they're going to, then they send it to the judge. The judge reviews it. So you've got three levels of review. If the judge decides that there's enough evidence, then the judge will set a court date and issue a warrant. So you've got law enforcement doing their job, doing the investigating and providing that to the prosecutor. Now let's look at San Francisco. Walgreens closed their stores in San Francisco. And why? Because everybody that walked in there and they stole under $1,000 worth of merchandise walked out and the prosecutor would not prosecute that crime. So now we've got 
the problem on the back of the prosecutor. Prosecutor decides he's not going to prosecute a crime. That's a violation of his oath of office. The attorney general should look at that and say, you're not doing your job. You need to get out and vote somebody else in. So then we go to the judge. So the judge gets the case. The defendant says, oh, yeah, I went and I stole all that stuff. And the judge says, okay, well, I'm going to sentence you to a year in jail, but I'm going to suspend that. And if you call your probation officer tomorrow and get set up on probation, I'll let you out today. So the defendant pleads guilty, doesn't call the probation officer, doesn't go see the probation officer. and They're back out on the streets. There's been absolutely no penalty for what they've just done. So they go do it again. So it's to, to put a stop to this, to go back, prosecutors, judges need to start doing their job. They need to do the job that they ran for office, promising that they would do and that they get paid to do and that they took an oath to do. Prosecute. Judges, sentence them to jail time. No probation, no patting pat them on the head and saying, okay, I'm going to let you out if you promise not to do it again. Until there's some pain in, in the penalty, it's not going to stop it. Let me push back a little bit because this is obviously our, our audience is more in the libertarian camp. So this is where their heads are at. They say, Larry, we have criminal justice issues across the board, wouldn't that open up more issues that could lead to some really unintended negative consequences, especially the way you see a lot of people using government right now to enforce some uh, more less than savory uh, beliefs or actions? Well, if you're, if you're asking how we're going to solve this problem, you're not going to solve it until you put some penalty and some pain back in the accountability process. Um, we can discuss and have great discussions over whether this law or that law should be on the books. If it, if you don't want to punish people for doing, for committing a crime, then take that crime off the books. Essentially that's what the justice system, the, the judges, have done on their own without the legislature passing the laws to accomplish that. So get your legislator is the key. They need to clamp down on it. They can, they're the ones that can do it. Your governor, your Lieutenant governor, your senators and legislators, they're the ones that can tell the judges stop just letting people go, go back to what the law says when there's a crime, there's a penalty attached. Follow that penalty. If not, we'll go find somebody that will. You want to solve the problem, that's what it's going to take to solve the problem. It's interesting because I think a lot of it also is about incentive structures. And you see a lot of judges, they don't fear the the, the consequences of not following the law. And I, I think we're seeing a lot more of this mentality from people where it's it's almost this I'm a do good person in government and I'm going to use government to do good and it's my perception of what I think good is and this is where we get into very dangerous ground because I think this is where 
a lot of people have gotten very power hungry. And you're talking specifically to a lot of these judges who are just ignoring what their role is. Their role is not to be the ones writing the law. If we're going to go back to the, the systems that we have in place, their job is to to interpret the law and make sure it's being carried out faithfully. And and in this case, yeah, you're, you're seeing the exact opposite. You're seeing not only judges turning a blind eye, but they're actually uh, willfully, in many cases, rewriting the law. So, when you're talking to your your elected officials and we're trying to get them to get as incensed and upset as the, the nor- normal average person, I think it is right now, especially in these these cities. Larry, why do you think we're seeing a disconnect? Because I see it. I see people tired of, of the nonsense and they're, they, they're looking for changes. And yet we see the same people still get elected time after time doing the same failed policies that have gotten us to where we are today. How do we stop this cycle and it, it becomes this perpetual cycle from continuing onwards? It, it, people are going to have to get out and vote. They're going to have to make their voices known and they're going to have to stand up and say, even though it may cost me personally, I'm going to stand up for what's right and I'm going to vote for the person that's going to do the right thing. A lot of people fear retribution from their local politicians. They fear standing up and saying something because then somebody may disagree with them. Stand up for what what you know is right and voice that. Call your legislators and say, hey, we want to stop to this. We want our streets safe again. We want to be able to have our children out on the streets and not be in fear. So, do what you're supposed to. There's already the law there that takes care of that. Make sure the courts enforce it. There has to be, there has to be, the legislature passes the laws. If the legislature doesn't want, and and legislature represents us, if the legislature and the people do not want a law on the books, then it's the legislature's problem or responsibility to eliminate that law from the books. You can't just go pick what you want to. You're in violation of your oath of office. Judge, local judges are handcuffed by the fact that they have to abide by the rules that the state Supreme Court sends down for them to follow. Lots of local judges, most of your local judges, would love to get back to doing what they know needs to be done. But they're in jeopardy of sanctions from the Supreme Court in their state. Um, And that, now we're back to who's responsible. So that's, it's, it is a complicated but a simple issue. Well, right there, it is complicated, and and you say it's a simple issue, and I think, Larry, I might have a solution that is super simple, and this is the libertarian argument. I'd love to hear your your thoughts to this. We see a lot of folks who will look at what we have right now in this kind of, um, it almost is a monopoly, right, on who can enforce what we consider to be our moral good and bads, which we've codified into laws. Would it make sense to, instead of having that, in one government entity having private 
you know, private policing forces based more on, you know, like you would go at and order any other service because then there would actually be more of an incentive, not necessarily in responding to crime, but actually going out and helping prevent crime. And then it would be not necessarily beholden to what we're seeing right now in the bureaucracy, the red tape, the politics. Instead, it, it, it becomes truly a business because at the end of the day, if you have a private company enforcing what we consider to be our moral good, you know, goods versus bads in, in terms of law, they're going to have an incentive not to in, to argue for the criminal justice reform. They're going to have an incentive not to go and, and commit acts of, of violence on nonviolent people. But to the contrary, they also have an incentive to stop violent people from committing violent acts. So I, I lay that out there. Larry, what are your thoughts there? Well, uh, first off, I'm for anybody in in the public that would love to help and and provide a safety for their community. But you need to be trained. You need to be trained in the laws. Um, you, I am not an advocate of turning someone loose with a firearm that's not been trained in its use. Firearms only come out in dire emergencies. And regardless of what we hear on the social media and some of the media, law enforcement is very restrained when it comes to um, physical action of, of a serious nature. That is always a last resort. The defendant, the person that you're dealing with is the one that escalates the situation up to that level. Law enforcement is trained thoroughly to escalate only when the defendant or the subject that you're dealing with escalates that themselves. We follow that escalation of the defendant, not not law enforcement escalating first. So I've your solution is, and for lack of a better word, is more of a vigilante type solution. And I, I'm not really in favor of that. We have really good law enforcement. They do an outstanding job. Do they make a mistake? It's very rare because they're so studiously trained. But yes, there's a mistake made once in a while. But always remember, Law enforcement, um, that law enforcement officer is trained constantly in elevating the level of force based on what that defendant or the subject that they're talking to uh, drives. That, that subject is the one that creates the situation for deadly force. So let's. I say let's let's go towards here because I, I know we only have like five minutes or so, and I want to make sure we're we're giving the actionable steps. And and obviously there are folks in the audience who they're they're going to want to learn more and and want to maybe continue this conversation. So we'll include all the links obviously in the show notes uh, afterwards. But I want to give you the platform here for the next five minutes or so, Larry. Let's kind of paint the picture. Where do you see the two roads going? And I think right now we are kind of in this proverbial fork in the road in in America right now kind of in the world if we're gonna be real and I think a lot of people are, are starting to say well we're we're gonna go one way 
or another. And if we're going to look at this microcosm right now of you know the increase in violent crime, the decrease in the the, the approach of funding for the police, and and obviously to your argument, this is piggybacking on a lot of criminal justice reform issues. Where do you see option A, things, if they keep going this path of where things have been going, where do you see that heading versus the alternative? If things do get corrected with your solution, where do you see us going and, and looking like not only from that that you know, crime statistics actually going down, in ter- especially in terms of the violent crimes, but as a, as a nation, uh, the, the temperature of the nation, do you, do you see that getting better? Well, let me ask you, if someone kicks in your door while you're asleep tonight and enters your home and threatens you with a weapon, uh, what are you going to do? You don't have time for the cops to show up because it's all going to be over by then. But I am not in favor of a vigilante or, or a private situation where, where private persons are out patrolling the streets. Um, That, that's always been throughout history. That's been that ends up in a bad situation. We have to put fear into the mind of those criminals that if they commit a crime, that the penalty is going to be severe and that they don't want that. So why this is going on, I've got all, there's all kinds of ideas and thoughts as to why we're going down this road right now. Um, But it is the wrong road. We have got to get back to law and order which we're throwing out the window right now. We've got to get back to law and order and we've got to make penalties severe to stop people from reoffending. Give us a call to action then, Larry. 2022, 2024, we got elections coming up. What would you tell people? They said, go vote. What, what do you think we need to do in that regards? Well, before you vote, go talk to those legislators. Go ask them the tough questions. What are you going to do about crime? What are you going to do about the penalties for people who commit crime? The laws are on the books. Why aren't you standing up for what the law says and making those penalties stiff and severe? If it says it's 10 years in Department of Corrections for killing someone, then make it that way. Right now, it's not. They might go to jail for a couple of years and be out. But those legislators have got to hear from you. You've got to ask them the tough questions. Are you going to make sure that the laws that are on the books passed by the people are enforced. If not, I'm going to look for somebody else. All right, Larry, we'll make sure we include all of your links for people to continue the conversation in the show notes. But for the audio listener, uh, where can they go ahead and uh, either follow you, learn more, read more, uh, and take a call to action? Oh, yeah. There's a Facebook page called Keep Missouri Safe. And we try to put... um, a lot of things on there. Um, that's the whole purpose. Keep Missouri safe. We want Missourians safe. The public needs to be safe. Uh, my personal webpage is aaawaybailbonds.com, uh, or you can go to the Missouri Alliance of Professional Bail Bond Agents, mapbba.org, to look at uh, what we do professionally in uh, maintaining accountability to the courts for those people who are released with a promise to appear. 
Larry Newman, thank you for joining the program. Folks, if you want to go ahead again and continue the conversation as noted, well, of course, go ahead, click the artwork in the show notes. It will bring you right to not only today's episode, but all 370 plus episodes that are out here for The Brian Nichols Show, including today's uh, episode with the transcription of uh, the entirety of the show. So with that being said, Larry Newman, thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian. Had a great time. One life. Raise your hand if you heard any of those tiresome phrases over the past year and a half. I know my hand is currently raised. Millions of people across dozens of industries were labeled unessential and forced to lock down with livelihoods and futures crushed in an instant. And as government has continued to expand its power and leverage fear to turn neighbor against neighbor, a group of filmmakers have taken a stand and are determined to help set the record straight on the importance of following the actual science of the pandemic. Follow the science on lockdowns and Liberty from the Sound Mind Creative Group is a brand new docu-series highlighting the stories of those negatively impacted over the past year and a half by ineffective government policies enacted in the name of following the science. With noted experts like Nick Hudson from Panda, the Pandemic Data and Analytics Organization, healthcare policy advisors like Scott Atlas, and telling the stories of business owners, families, and just your average everyday person harmed by these government mandates, Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty is giving us a chance to make sure the true stories of the pandemic are told. So please help us at The Brian Nichols Show in supporting the Sound Mind Creative Group. With noted figures in the Liberty Movement like Dr. Tom Woods donating thousands of their own dollars to this project, you know just how important this project is. So head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science to donate and catch their brand new trailer to the docuseries one more time. That's briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up our conversation with Larry Newman. Did you enjoy the episode? And did you find it thought-provoking? Well, please do me a favor. Go ahead and let me know. You can either go ahead and email me, brian at briannicholshow.com, or head over to briannicholshow.com. If you look on the website, there's a little microphone button. Click that little microphone button. You can actually go ahead and leave us a voicemail. And hey, who knows? I might go ahead and uh, listen to your voicemail live on air. Uh, and that's why I want to start doing more is getting uh, the community that we have here at the Brian Nichols Show involved in what we're doing because I see the conversations, I hear the conversations, and I know we're making a difference. So I want to uh, start hearing more from you guys. So uh, also with that being said, thank you to everyone who's gone out of your way and given us a five-star rating and review over on uh, on the website. If, if you haven't had the chance yet, um, well, here, here's what you can do. Head over to briannicholshow.com forward slash reviews, and you can join uh, one of the hundreds of others out there who have gone ahead and given us a five-star review like Great Show, Great Pod, Brian Nichols Rocks, hey, Thank you, kind folks. And uh, yes, I will make sure um, I go ahead and uh, give you a share if you go ahead and give us a review over on BrianNicholsShow.com. Also, by the way, um, yeah, back at the beginning of October, we wrapped up our audience survey. I've been posting there at the end of every episode. Um, If you wanted to get involved in our audience survey, you could win one of our Don't Hurt People, Don't Take People Stuff bumper sticker Hundreds of you guys have responded. Only five of you will be chosen to win one of the Don't Hurt People, Don't Take People Stuff bumper sticker. That will be happening momentarily. So if you uh, did, in fact, go ahead and fill out the survey, um, yes, I will go ahead and uh, send over an email and let you know you won. So make sure you're checking your inbox and, and just be safe. Check that spam filter 
as well. Uh, otherwise, guys, uh, some housekeeping. If you did not get the chance to check out all six of our amazing episodes, including today's episode that have aired this week, well, shame on you. Make sure you head back into your podcast catcher and uh, go download each episode and then listen at your leisure, including some of those awesome solo shorts. Yes, we had the good professor, uh, Chris Goizetta, back in the program here today telling you not to get so precious with your brands. Um, and also, uh, we wanted to give a special shout Shout out to uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeremy Todd. Episode two of Cell Liberty aired here on the this past Thursday, yesterday. And uh, yes, so you know what that means. Coming up on Saturday. Yes, Jeremy Todd is going to be having another Cell Liberty episode. Mike Abramowitz will be joining him uh, on tomorrow's episode of Cell Liberty. So if you have not had the chance yet, please head over. We have a special Cell Liberty Facebook page. Um, Make sure you go ahead and give that a like. And also, uh, you'll see it's a different logo. It's the Cell Liberty logo you'll see in your podcast catcher on Saturday. I know a few of you reached out and said, Brian, where's the show on Saturday? And I said, it's there. It's just a different logo. Don't worry. And they said, oh, yes, there it is. And there's Spike Cohen's just charming, smiling face. So, uh, yes, thank you, Spike, by the way, for being our first guest here on Cell Liberty. So, yes, folks, with that being said, thank you for joining us on today's amazing episode of The Brian Nichols Show. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off. You're on The Brian Nichols Show for Larry Newman. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.